what lies are you believing about body image? Hey everybody, I am Dr. Corey Propes and welcome to the Diet Doc Life Mastery Podcast. It's been a little while <laughs> since we've recorded an episode, but we're back and I'm your host. I'm also a therapist and a diet recovery and food psychology coach. In this podcast, we explore how to rebuild your relationships with food, your relationships with your body, using a weight-inclusive, non-diet approach. And in this episode, I'm with the diet doc and unique fit nutrition and lifestyle coach, Beth Brilliard. Hi, Beth. Hi, Corey. How are you? I am well. Thank you. I'm excited about today's discussion and to see you again. It's been a little while. It sure has. We were on a little hiatus, but we're back. <laughs> we, yes, that's the important thing. We are back, and I think we're each probably a little bit more refreshed than when we left before. And so let's dig in, if that's okay. It's The topic is body image myths, and what lies have we been believing? Do you want to start, Beth, with one, that, one that's pretty compelling that you've seen in your own life and with your clients? Absolutely. I, I can definitely say from my own personal experience mm -hmm. and from working with clients that people have this misconception that having a strong body image or a healthy body image means you feel really great about your body most of the time. <laughs> and what I've noticed is that people have a lot of conditional acceptance or love for their body when it's perfect or when it's close to what they strive for it to look like or a weight for them to be at. They have a good feeling about their body. And on the days where they're not experiencing that, they really have a strong dislike of their body. Mm -hmm. And I like to tell clients, it's kind of like if you have children, you don't just love your children when they're perfectly behaved. <laughs> You might not like them very much sometimes, <laughs> yeah. but you always respect and appreciate and love them and care for them. And that's how I like to look at the body as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. I like to look at the body as something that deserves our time, attention, respect, and care, mm -hmm. whether we are feeling particularly good about it on a particular day or not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a great analogy. And I think you know, the last thing you said is a really nice segue into another, another myth that um, positive body image always means we're going to feel positive about our bodies. And, <laughs> you know, you alluded to the fact that there are going to be days or moments or chunks of time, uh, depending on the situation, what we're involved in, who we're around, what we're reading or listening to or consuming, um, where we don't feel positive about our bodies or our appearance or how we look um, or how we even feel in our bodies. And that doesn't mean we can't have an overall general positive body image, but I think we do need to expect and have the understanding that that's, that's an ever-changing thing, um, but it doesn't have to get in the way of us respecting, taking care of um, our bodies and, and ourselves, and that can include things like having regular and reliable meals and food 
available. Um, you know, not go, not allowing ourselves to go and get too hungry. And, you know, those are just a couple of examples of the ways in which we can, can respect our bodies, recovering from hard workouts, not exhausting ourselves. Mm. Yeah. I feel like there's this fear that if people were less rigid and a little more flexible with their exercise or food habits that their body's just going, they're just gonna, they're gonna eat all the foods and they're gonna become a sloth. And then, you know, their body's just gonna be awful. And really, we take care of things that are important to us. We take mm -hmm. care of things that we are connected to. Mm -hmm. And our body's absolutely something that if we really care about it, we're gonna be driven to care for it appropriately mm -hmm. with proper nutrition. When you think about it, depriving, restricting, over-exercising, those things are actually kind of harsh to your body. And yet it's kind of misconstrued for wellness in today's society. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing that I would say, and this goes right along with what you just mentioned, Beth, is that there's this myth lie that shaming our bodies, shaming ourselves putting ourselves down and beating ourselves up and blasting ourselves with critical self-talk is necessary. If I don't do that, Beth, if I don't do that, then I'm not going to be motivated. Yeah. And yeah. it doesn't work that way. Shame is not a motivator. Shame creates fear. Shame makes us want to hide. Shame feels threatening. And when something feels threatening, we're not motivated. We, we, we're in survival mode at that point. Yeah. <laughs> I think that there's that initial, like, it can be a boost to the initial, like excitement about that next diet or that next exercise mm -hmm. program. But like you said, over the long term, it's not going to be motivating. You're going to find yourself like, why am I not doing what I should be doing? Yes. Yes, it leads to the shoulds, the ought tos, the need tos, the supposed tos, instead of the genuine, genuine, authentic, I value this and I want to. And that's that there's an openness and an expansiveness. It's a different tone than with the, the blasting critical tone, which is like, contracted and like uh, it's like you're gritting your teeth as opposed to like oh <laughs> it feels way different yeah mm -hmm. yeah I think that if you do ever go through a period where you actually manage to manipulate your body weight shape or size sometimes people think oh now I have a better body image because maybe they quieted yes. that critical voice in their head just a bit but I think in the long run, it's only causing additional distress because you are setting at that time, you start to set more rigid expectations of like, this is how my body should be. And you stop allowing your body to, or you stop accepting your body as it is. It kind of, it kind of like, it shifts the mindset nice. over time. And the longer we've been in that mindset, the more 
the more dysfunctional our thoughts and behaviors and beliefs tend to get, I think. Yeah, that shift in mindset is based upon, you know, I like to have my clients ask themselves the question, what are, what am I reinforcing by thinking this way, by following these rules, by following these influencers on social media, by looking at these particular bodies all the time, by consuming this information, like, what am I reinforcing? What actions am I taking over and over and over again that are, you know, just creating habits? What thoughts am I thinking over and over and over again that are creating those thought habits and the mindset that you mentioned? And what am I feeling over and over and over again? What are the emotions that I'm reinforcing by engaging in these thoughts and engaging in these actions? And all of that, all of those things can shift to very constricted, restraint-oriented, harmful, like non-open, non-curious, and what, I guess, like very diet oriented sort of behavior where there isn't, there's not much acceptance. There's not much adaptability and flow and flexibility in the, in the ways in which we are around food and around our bodies. Mm. And over time, you're probably worsening your, your body image. You're probably moving it further and further away from, from health. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Body image is, is the, it's a, it's a perspective and it's a perception of like what, what we look like, (laughs) not an actual, like in the mirror image. And that's where I think people can get confused. Yeah. Yeah. Body image doesn't mean you're looking in a mirror Mm -hmm. and this is how I feel about my, what I see in the mirror. Correct. Body image is a felt sensation about being in your body and having that be a part of who you are and your body might change, but your body image won't. And if you've worked on body image specifically, which I honestly feel like a lot of people have not, then your body image can actually improve and it doesn't matter what's happening in your body. You can still improve your body image. So we can feel we can feel pain, we could be injured, I could lose um, the ability to use my arms in my workout, let's say, like, when I got in my bike accident, I couldn't move. (laughs) And my body was changing, I gained some weight, even in that first week after my cycling accident, for example, if we've practiced, and, and I'll say this, too, before we move on. Another lie is that once you like you figure out body image and once you've done body image work, then you're, you're good. You don't have to do anything else. That's a lie. Body image is a constant, like having a positive body image takes constant, consistent practice. Um, but in that, in that example of that week after my cycling accident, um, to, to your point, Beth, it's like, if I've, if I've practiced and I'm continue and I continue practicing, no matter what is going on with my body, how it's changing. And this isn't to say that I might have like 
dips in, you know, how good I feel. And because again, we need to expect that. It's that I can say, no, my body is, and this is what, this what literally happened for me at that time in my life. It was like, my body is working really hard for me right now. I need to take care of it. Like it's getting me through this. <laughs> it, it's amazing that I didn't get that more injured as a result of this accident than I did. Like, and then each day too, I'm thinking about how quickly I'm healing. Like I saw significant changes in like, just, you know, those of you who were a part of this when it happened, like I had so many injuries on my face and I shattered my um, shoulder blade and each day there was like just a little bit more movement. And that's not to say it wasn't difficult for me, but because I have been and continue to practice positive body image, it's like, wow, I appreciate, <laughs> even though this hurts, <laughs> and even though I'm gaining weight, um, it doesn't matter. My body is taking care of me right now, and I want to do what I can to help it out. Hmm. I've been through something similar, too. I mean, in recovering from, from restriction, restrictive mm -hmm dieting and over-exercising, um, same situation. I've had to really take a look at all of the progress I've made as far as symptoms, giving me the evidence that my body's been recovering. And I've absolutely had to look in the mirror and thank my body for being able to recover from all of that under-eating, over-exercising, and maintaining a, a weight, some ridiculous weight that I had in my head for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And and it's and it's amazing when you when you look at how your body's always there for you. Your body is always going to try to keep you healthy and alive and to try to fit your body in this box of what you think it should look like is just it's crazy when you look back on it, isn't it? <laughs> yes, you and I have had a lot of conversations around this. And yes, it's crazy. And it's difficult to see when you're in it mm. and you're involved in, in those behaviors. It's very difficult to, to see it. Um, but so on that note, Beth, I, I, I guess the last one that I will put out there is that, and you mentioned this, Gaining, here's another lie, gaining weight means you're unhealthy or becoming unhealthy. Or losing weight means you're getting healthier. Correct. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, that's a big one. And that's a big yeah, one. these are lies that I believed for a very long time. Mm, me too, me too, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. And there's no real evidence. There's no real evidence out there that that is actually the case. No. Actually, I'm starting to put together a podcast of my own. And one of the first things that I'm talking about is how the habits and behaviors that we tend to adopt when we're specifically trying to change our body weight, shape, and size, not only are they usually not sustainable, but they actually can be detrimental to our health and never mind our body image as well. So yeah, that's, that's a huge misconception. And, and it doesn't matter if you're just, you know, in the fitness industry, or if you're someone who's been dieting, or if you're going to your physician, or if you're just having a conversation at work with a bunch of coworkers. I mean, this, this is a misconception that that's everywhere. And let's not forget that when 
you and I are speaking about health, it is not just like metabolic health. Because I think a lot of people, you know, when you and I were providing weight loss consulting and coaching services, um, a lot of people would come to us and they would say, I want to be healthier. And it wasn't, it was just mainly about like physical health. Because there was the lie that they were believing that in order to be physically healthy, I need to be leaner and thinner and, and in a smaller body. Um, but when we say health, we're talking about overall psychological health, emotional health, developmental health, social and relational health. Mm, absolutely. Spiritual yeah. health. Because we know from the research that the healthiest people on the planet are those who have the most supportive and robust relationships, not the leanest bodies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anything else you want to add, Beth? Um, I just think that as we get back into some podcasts, I really encourage everybody to especially if we're going into the holiday season soon, it's that quarter of the year. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I encourage you to challenge yourself not to jump to weight loss challenges or, or, or eliminate all the processed food challenges, all the standard things that you normally hear around the holidays and the new year. I'd like you to go into this next quarter challenging what your definition of health is, what your values are. And if you have any blinders, because the way I see it is I was really good at mastering weight loss for myself, for clients. I had that nailed. And there were a lot of gaps. I had blinders on. Everything was about body weight or physique. And so I'm really challenging everybody to think about all the other pillars to health, all the other aspects of their wellness. And if you're going to do any challenges, try to expand upon what you've always done every year. You've done that. You've been there. You know, try to do something different this year. I love that. Yes. Get, let's, let's get creative. Let's think outside of the box. Yeah. I think that's really smart. On that note, Beth, um, two things. One, do you mind sharing with people what the name of your podcast is and how they can find you? <laughs> so it's brand new. I don't know, you know, I don't know if now is the best time to go searching, but it's the Well-Nourished Lifestyle Podcast. So okay. I will be starting that up. I literally only have a little welcome blurb up there so far, um, but I'm, I'm writing everything out and it's in process. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And then in I process. just wanted to add that Uh, I am a part of an online female fitness summit summit and right now early bird registration is open and my presentation for the summit is called stop playing small the three keys to rebuilding your relationship with food so um, I hope that everyone listening and or watching will take part in it and I'll put the registration link in the show notes and Um, also include a discount code for all of you. But thank you, Beth, for today. Thank you, everyone, for joining us again. If you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, you can find it anywhere you listen. Please do that. And please leave us a review. That helps other listeners find us. It's really important for getting the word out and your feedback lets us know what resonates with you and what 
you might want to hear in the future. Thanks for being here. Thank you. See you soon. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.